Hello and welcome to Tales from the CSAP floor. My name is Mark, joining you from Copenhagen, Denmark, and I'm going to be your host today. So what we're going to talk about in the podcast today is the virtual assessment center, which is the last part of the journey to be accepted into the CSAP program. As I am an associate systems engineer currently enrolled in the CSAP program, I am part of the first cohort that did a virtual assessment center. And today I'm joined by another associate systems engineer from the current cohort who have therefore also been through the virtual assessment center. And it's you, Louise Mann. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I am Louise. I'm based in the United Kingdom, based in London, actually. Prior to Cisco, prior to joining the CSAP program, I was a biomedical engineering student in um, at Queen Mary University of London. I had essentially almost zero to none background knowledge on um, what we are doing today. I joined Cisco on the CSAP program in August, like yourself, Mark. So Louise, biomedical engineering, why did you decide to join the CSAP program with a background like that? I worked in a supermarket, completely sales-based. I knew I had a bit of sales experience there. I also was aware that future is technology, so it was something I wanted to get into myself. I know that your background isn't in what we do at the moment either, so tell me a bit about yours. Yeah, you're actually right. I, I, I studied astrophysics. I have a master degree in astrophysics, so also something uh, a bit away from, from IT, and I, I didn't have any IT knowledge prior to applying for this job. But as we both know, the Cisco uh, portfolio is pretty big. And even today, when I look at it, uh, there's still a lot of stuff that I, I, I don't know uh, the full depth of. So I was wondering, when you prepared for the virtual assessment center, what did you do to kind of grasp the Cisco portfolio? I had to look at a lot of different things. Back in the day when I was um, working at my dad's Chinese restaurant, we actually used the Cisco IP phones. That's where I started off. I started my ideas on the collaboration. At university, I was using a little bit of WebEx. On my placement year, we had Cisco servers. So that's kind of where I started branching kind of any of my knowledge on in terms of it's going to what you know, right? So I started off with exactly what I knew, which was the servers, the switches, and then I branched into deeper into the architecture. By the end of the day, I was never going to learn everything there is out there. It was just having some sort of idea of what Cisco have, what they do, who they are. And that's where I began. What about yourself? What did you do? Yeah, I was just about to say, because you can't get the entire grasp of the Cisco portfolio before the virtual assessment center, it's, it's almost impossible. And, and what I did, I, I tried to, to go into the web page and try to search around. I tried to look at some of the different technologies. I remember looking at uh, DNA Center, I believe, and Mirac, and tried to understand some of the, the things on the web, web page. I've, I probably have seen Cisco before going to the assessment center, but it has never been anything that I really thought about before actually joining Cisco, how big they are and how many technologies you see in your everyday life that are Cisco. Yeah, Cisco are huge. And what I learned myself was that I could have an overview on a lot of different topics that Cisco could offer, a lot of different architectures, a lot of different products that Cisco offer to customers today. I didn't know how to learn about so much in depth. I, there was only so much time that I had before my assessment centre. And I know that when obviously when we started our role, a lot of it was on the job training. We had our boot camps and that's where we learn all about the portfolio essentially in depth anyway. 
Exactly. I don't know what you think, but I really don't think that the assessors at the assessment center expect you to know everything when you go in there. What do you think? Absolutely not. What they are more keen about, right? They're keen about whether you are willing to learn, whether you want to work as a team with other members. Because the CSAP program, you cannot be a lone wolf. You cannot do this on your own. And if you are willing to learn and you are willing to participate and you are willing to work with a team, then that's what they care more about. Because they're aware that everybody is coming from different backgrounds. So what you're basically saying that the assessors are looking for is that they're more looking for a person that is able to learn and, and a team player. When you go to the assessment center, you would say that that is what they're essentially looking for. Absolutely, without doubt. Yeah. Okay, great. So, Luis, you and uh, I both know the assessment center consists of three parts. You have the behavioral interview, you have the presentation, and you have the role. So which one of the three parts did you find the most challenging? Oh my goodness, it feels like so long ago I did this. So, to me, I found the role play the hardest, right? And I'll tell you why. With a presentation with an in- with, and with a personality interview, personality interview you're talking about yourself no one knows yourself better than yourself right a presentation a presentation you've prepared this before you've probably done your practice you've probably like spent the half an hour before your assessment center rehearsing it to yourself in the mirror or something or you've got your pointers there to help you out but the role play you don't you cannot or you do not know how it's going to go i had no idea what they were going to ask me. I could start the conversation off one way, but they could sway it in any direction they wanted it to sway. And that's what I personally felt like I struggled the most on because I couldn't, it was was unexpected. It is unexpected. And I, I felt completely the same way. I also felt like the role play was the most challenging part. And and I remember one of the things that I really worried about when going into the role play was exactly that, what do I do if they ask me a question that I do not know the answer? And it's actually still something that I'm a bit worried about because as we talked about before, the Cisco portfolio is huge. And of course, there's always going to be something that you don't know. So what do you do? What did you do in the assessment center? And maybe also what do you do today when people ask you a question that you don't know the answer to? If someone asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, there is nothing I can do but tell them the truth. This is exactly what I'd say. It's not something I am familiar with, but I am more than happy to find out the answer for you and get back to you in the future. Cisco value nothing more than someone's honesty. And I think that's the only way you can really go about it. People can see right through you if you're not telling the truth. So even in a British slang, we'd say the word waffling. You can, someone can see right through you if you're waffling. So don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's great that Cisco, and this is also what I have seen and and what I believe that Cisco values highly is honesty and and that you are true to yourself as well and and just tell things as they are. And of course, get back to people when you then uh, know the answer. And I think it's the same in the assessment center as in um, life after the assessment center and life after CSAP, your entire career in Cisco is going to be whenever people ask you a question you don't know the answer to, then just say you don't know it and then find the answer or find somebody who knows the answer. I, I think that's a very valuable point. Absolutely. And if you think about it in the long term, you're currently an associate systems engineer, right? Your role 
you are a credible source. People are relying on you to give them a solution that's going to help them. They don't want someone who's going to lie to them. If they can, if an assessor can see right through that, it's not looking good for you. So absolutely, just tell them the truth. They're not going to judge you for it. No, I think you're right in that point. I really do. So, Louise, you said with the presentation that you could kind of look at your notes, and I know you had as sort of a special. <laughs> Little help in your presentation, which is quite funny. Can you please share with me what that was? I really hope my managers who are listening to this really don't don't hate me for this. But yes, um, <laughs> I was a little bit cheeky. I did have a couple of post-it notes wrapped around my laptop screen. Only because I was so worried if I was going to forget <laughs> a little pointer. Like, oh no, what am I going to do? So I had little post-it notes to help me. But I'm sure a lot of us are guilty of it. It was very useful. And I think that's what the difference is between having your assessment centre virtually and having it in person is that you're in the comfort of your own home right you can you know exactly where things are you can turn your head and look at a post-it note and it's there to help you you know you feel much more relaxed and that's why I found I found the virtual environment much more comfortable and relaxing than the well than an in-person interview that I would have had in if I had it in person That makes sense. And I think it's all right like to have these small tricks. This is definitely something I'm going to use in my next, next customer <laughs> meeting. Just have a couple of notes uh, around the screen because as as we already talked about, you cannot know everything and you cannot remember everything. So sometimes you need to look things up or just have a little little help with you. Also, Louise, I know for me, I think one of the hardest things with this virtual new normal that we are part of right now is connecting with people. The first time you meet a new person, connecting with them virtually. That can be a big challenge for me because you don't have the body language. You, you don't have like the small things that people do that can kind of tell you what they're actually thinking. So what did you do to kind of connect with the assessors in the virtual assessment center? It's a fantastic question, that is. I think you want to make your interview personal, right? You want them to know there's so much more to you than just your CV. You want your personality to shine through. How I would approach it is I always start off engaging a little bit of small talk. I want to know them. I want to know my assessors. I want to know how they are going to judge me and I want them to know me. And engaging a little bit of small talk, asking about how they are, asking about their background. They like that, you know, and them asking questions about me. I like that, too. Naturally, you would. You want it to feel a bit more personal and you can gauge that vibe at the beginning. You can gauge like the, whether you can crack a couple of jokes with your interviewer or whether you should keep it a bit more professional than that, you know. So it's having that vibe, being able to gauge how they react to kind of every sentence you say. And that's how I've managed to connect with them, I believe. Yeah, that makes totally sense. I, I I would also say that that small talk is a is a really good way to kind of get on the same wavelength as the assessors and also just people in general when you meet them for the first time, virtually, of course, also in person, but especially virtually, it's, it's a really great tool. And you can use uh, the behavioral interview in the beginning for that. That's perfectly fine, I, I think. At the end of the day, you have no shame in being, I know this sounds so cliche, it's such a typical thing for me to say, but just be your authentic self. No one else is going to be like you, right? Like, 
me and Mark, we weren't the same during our assessment centres. Well, I, I can't imagine you were anything like me or we, I was anything like you, if you know what I mean. We were very different people and we were both hired because of our personality. Well, and obviously our technical knowledge too and the way we... Yeah, yeah, okay, a bit of everything. But we were, you know, we were different people and we let our personality shine through. And that's exactly what they want to see. They want to see that there's more to you than just learning the Cisco portfolio. Exactly. I... I completely agree with you and i i think that's that's the most valuable uh, thing that you can bring with you to the assessment center is just be yourself be authentic and just realize that you cannot know know everything i know some people get quite nervous with the idea of virtual assessment centers and i know i was and this was completely before i invested in my recent ethernet cable but obviously you're doing it at home, so you're relying on your network connectivity, right? <laughs> Classic, because this is kind of what we're working in. But at the time, I remember stressing so much in case my <laughs> network was going to go down. I was going to call up Virgin Media like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> sort me out. So I have a funny story behind this one. So before we have our three-part assessment centre, we have an initial briefing. I don't know if you remember the initial briefing before we get split up, right? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So you kind of see who else you're, as you're up against. I don't want to say competition, but you see no. who, you're in your com- <laughs> who you're up against in terms of your competition, right? Exactly. So I remember there was about... I remember there was about six of us. And and I remember one person didn't show up. And I was thinking, okay, one man down. <laughs> okay, so I'm against five people now. And I know, well, obviously, there were, I don't know how many positions there were at the time anyway. No. But I was thinking, okay, one person down. Don't I would not want to be that person right now. Really just either they didn't want the position anymore or their network connectivity has gone down. And that was kind of my fear. I was praying that my connectivity would stay stable, as stable as it was. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, that person, he's late to the interview. I don't know what's happened to him. He may not get the role. Fine. And then, so as a cohort, we've become quite close naturally. So we've started doing... We do a lot of teamwork, right, um, after we've all got our position. Mm. And I was having a conversation with one of the guys on my team. And he was saying, oh, my network went down during the interview. And he was saying, oh, I was so stressed. I was so scared that I wasn't <laughs> going to get this position. It was honestly one of the most stressful moments of my life. And I was like, what are you talking about? So like, I didn't show up to the first part. And I was like, oh, it was you. <laughs> and they still hired you. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm trying to say here, the moral of the story is that they are so understanding in terms of network connectivity, in terms of kind of how you, they want to see that you've got your efforts there. You want the position and they can see that in you. You're passionate about the technology. You're passionate about the role. They're going to give you the role, right? They want to see your passion. They want to see your, what um, you trying hard. If that's a fear that you guys have, let that go. That's a fear I had to. Yeah. And me too. And naturally, you, you will have this fear whenever it's something that's connected through the internet. Things can happen and things will happen in, in the program at some point. If you, if you do end up joining CSAP, I know I, I, I can't think of a person in the CSAP program who haven't had their internet connection break in the middle of a, a meeting or in the middle of a uh, presentation or something like that. It, it does happen. And it's just part of being uh, virtually connected. So it's totally fine. Louise, I also thought about if you haven't gone through and gotten the position in the CSAP program, would you think that the, the assessment center would have been a waste of time? Or would you still think that you would have gotten something out of the assessment center? I found Cisco's assessment center one of the biggest lessons in terms of 
assessment centres for me, right? It was very demanding in a good way. They don't give you very much time to prepare, but that's because they want to prepare you for the real world, right? They want to say that they want to prepare you in terms of you may get given a task to deliver in a couple of days time and it's a very intensive task, just like the assessment centre. They didn't give me and Mark the brief till let's say a couple of days before the assessment centre and those few days that's where you have to kind of push hard, work hard and that's exactly what I learned. It's a demanding world out there, it is very demanding and being able to tackle that is a strength for you. In terms of the presentation, it was a long presentation. It gives you the confidence to walk into another assessment centre and be able to succeed in it because you've had the practice. I completely agree. And, and I think you can take a lot from the assessment center and use. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. I also found how to quickly scan a web page, how to quickly go into a company's web page and see like, what are these technologies all about? And like, what should I focus on in the presentation? But I also believe that the assessors go a little bit easy on you and, and they obviously all want you to have a good experience. I also believe the feedback that they give afterwards is very valuable and, and something you can bring with you for the next presentation that you're going to do. I agree. They're incredibly honest with the feedback. They give you very extensive feedback in how you performed as well, which I valued so much. I'd much rather have long feedback written out for me like they did. I actually valued it a lot because it was so in-depth. It was more in-depth than I ever expected it to be. I remember the preparation for the assessment centre itself. Because we had such a short space of time to prepare for all three sections, I don't know if it's the same method that they're doing it at the moment in terms of their assessment centres. But I remember for all three parts, I had spreadsheets, I had A3 pieces of paper all written around my room, I had whiteboards. And it, you know what, it teaches you how to kind of prepare effectively and efficiently. Tactically is probably the word. It teaches you how to tactically prepare. And that's one thing you could take back. Tactically prepared, I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think it's, uh, it's a very good word to put on the preparation that you do prior to the assessment center. <laughs> uh, because as we already talked about, <laughs> you're not going to know all of it. And uh, I believe, I remember the customer we were given. There were so many points that you could uh, go down on. Oh yeah, and for the role play. <laughs> for the role play. Yes, exactly. I, I just looked at it again. And looking at it now with all the knowledge we have being in the program, I just see more and more like things you could deep dive into and actually talk to this customer. I don't know if you remember exactly what technology you talk with your customer about. Yeah, yeah. I, I pitched Cisco Meraki at the time. And at the time, I didn't know what Cisco Meraki was. <laughs> so yeah, I remember having a Googling it a couple of days before watching all these videos. And I was like, wow, okay. Cisco do a lot. They do. Cisco have a massive impact on what they can provide to a customer. I just remember finding that really funny, that looking back, that I had no idea what it was. And now I pretty much know the portfolio inside out yeah. by the back of my hand. Yeah. I remember pitching a DNA center. So there you have Oh, it. did you? <laughs> we, we have the exact same case, but we chose two different paths to go. Yeah. And I think that's really the beauty of it, that you can uh, choose to go so many different directions and no direction is wrong. Like every direction is, is right. You just have to mm -hmm. kind of show that you actually prepared something, that you have the ability to present something, as we talked about before, be genuine, uh, be authentic and present it in a way that you feel is great and, and shows what you have. 
as as a talent. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the whiteboards that we had to do as well? They were very keen on um, expecting us to do whiteboards. I imagine they would ask you guys to present a whiteboard too. So I remember that I had never used my mouse and keypads or anything like that to. I got. I have to draw this entire network topology with just my mouse and a keyboard. Oh my god, how am I going to do this? <laughs> no idea. I remember being so stressed about that. So I went and bought um, <laughs> a, one of those little tablets from what well, we have at Argos in the UK and for about 30 quid. And I remember just... So when I did my role play, I used the whiteboard for my network topology and they seemed really impressed. They were just like, I've never seen someone draw it so neatly before. So then I showed them the tablet <laughs> and the two assessors burst out laughing. That is very funny. And uh, actually... In our assessment center, they didn't really focus on the whiteboarding part as they did with you. They didn't require us to do a whiteboarding part, but they said you could do it. And everybody else who, who went to, to the assessment in the group I was in, they did a presentation, like a PowerPoint presentation. And I did whiteboarding and I didn't buy a tablet. <laughs> so I did it with my mouse, like my mouse pad on my computer did the whole presentation and also the things I wanted to point out in the role play. I did it on my mouse pad and it was really bad. <laughs> it was, it was really grim. It didn't look great at all. And I used a lot of time on drawing it out. The question is, could we tell the difference between a switch and a router <laughs> from your drawing? <laughs> they could. That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. And actually, they really, really loved that I challenged myself and actually went out in whiteboarding. It wasn't a requirement and they really didn't expect anybody to do whiteboarding, but I did it anyway. And I kind of did it as a challenge for myself because as you, I never really did whiteboarding like that before. So I took it as a challenge and tried out something new. And I think they really like that as well. Just trying something out, they're fine with that. Just try something out. It shows a lot of personality and it shows uh, that you're eager to learn and eager to try new things out. I think that's the moral. Exactly. Mark, it's because you show them you are willing to learn. You see, you put your whiteboard skills to the test. Exactly. <laughs> and it was successful. Louise, thank you so much for joining me uh, in this episode of Tales from the CSAT Floor. It has been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Last comment for everyone out there. Be your authentic self and have fun. That's some gr- great words to close on. So... In the next episode of Tales from the CSAP Floor, we'll be talking about working in Cisco after the CSAP program. So stay tuned for the next episode of Tales from the CSAP Floor. And until then, I have been your host, Mark Falkenstrom. Thank you for listening in and have a good day.